Hi, I'm Lee. I'm Joe. And we are the Rewinders, re-watching childhood movies to see if they still hold up. This time, we watched... Robocop. Robocop. This is a Robocop theme. Yeah, I like it. I, I also purposely did not do the correct theme, so that that's... there is a NES video game called Terminator versus RoboCop. Yeah, I, don't I, know I, I didn't bother good. with no, it. No, I, I think there were also like crossover comics all over the there place were too. Constant crossover comics. I'm sure RoboCop fought a predator or an alien, yes, or yeah. even probably Ash from Evil Dead. Maybe <laughs> have... he also rode Artex out of the swamp. Artex? Yeah. Out of the swamp. What's this? What? Never mind. Okay. <laughs> this, Moving is a, on. this is a big Z movie. Big BZ movie. BZ movie? Never mind. Is it going to make us Hulk out? What? <laughs> okay. Robocop. Big childhood awakening movie for me of horror. Horror. I saw this when I was 10 years old. Okay. And had not seen anything like this. In my child brain, I considered this a horror movie because not action, gore, spectacular, and not understanding satire yeah. and over-the-top things mm-hmm. uh, because 10-year-old brain just saw, holy Jesus fucking Christ, everyone's getting blown away in this movie. Is that what you said as a kid watching uh, it? Um, I toned it down a little bit. Just yeah, it, was, yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was way worse than that. <laughs> A lot of memories for this movie. I don't know about you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this was a heavy, heavily rotated uh, VHS in the house, specifically for when I picked movies to watch, and they tended to be by myself in the kitchen yes. on the small TV that had a built-in VHS player. And I'd sit there you know. and eat and drink and hang inside during the summer and watch RoboCop <laughs> or something else. How old do you think you were when you saw this? Was it maybe around the same age? Probably started a little bit younger up to that time. Because I had nightmares after watching this movie. Nah. I had nightmares about everything else, so. Okay. Well, for me, this was a definite, um, and I'm probably where I saw a lot of my other other movies was, uh, at other friends' houses or, but this one they brought over to my house because my parents were gone or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, here's, here's. We rented uh, RoboCop. Let's watch it. And just remember sitting in front of the TV and just being just horrified at ED3 when he didn't didn't shut down. ED3? What? Oh, what did I say? ED3? I'm sorry. <laughs> Ed, Ed 209. There you go. There. Wrong. Different wrong. robot. Yeah, there's – yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Ed 209 didn't shut down in the boardroom meeting. And that always stuck with me of yeah. he, he put the gun down. He's defenseless. I don't know why that just really always struck a, a tone with me, and just the noise. And now, seen as an adult, I see, oh, it roars, yeah. it squeals like a pig, mm-hmm. but not understanding as a kid. Just it's just loud, angry, mm-hmm. kicking the crap out of RoboCop later on, and all these things. Just wow. So that scene with uh, Ed Two Hundred Nine, boom, always in my brain. Do you have any other? Do you have any scenes that really <laughs> just stuck out? The big scenes that I always liked were the commercial breaks and, because yeah. it it wasn't like I was I wasn't picking up on the funny but I was picking up on the 
this is slightly mm-hmm. off. It's off. It's not and, real. And, you know, news. you're seeing something that looks like something you know but mm-hmm. is drastically different. Yep. You're, you're like, okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think for me it was uh, – a combination tone that I really picked up on the science fiction along with the darker, uh, almost nihilistic kind of view that started, I think for me, it got bred into me that science fiction needs to be more like this, more like a shadow run, more like a, uh, um, cyberpunk kind of where, you, it's not the happy future. It's no. usually the darker future. And yeah, that, in movies now, that is really where most science fiction has gone. Is it's not the Star Trek utopia future. Yeah. It's yeah, fight underground resistance fighting the man. You know, whatever all yeah. that. But it, it, that's what this movie really is. I didn't pick up on any of that as a kid. Um, and just the other big scene is the toxic Avenger scene. I mean, we'll get to it later on, but <laughs> yeah, that's holy shit. I think that probably would be the closest thing to horror memory out of but, this. Yeah, just so, because of seeing what happens. It's just such a gory movie, and I had not been exposed to that at that point. I think this might have been like the this is one, the one that did it, and then yeah, horror movies here sure. and there. But I had not seen any slasher movies. Or I had teenage sisters that helps you out. that love the '80s horror movies and everything yeah. else. So I was got, uh, well worked into that, <laughs> and I knew this was not horror. You got desensitized <laughs> yes. earlier on, and, not so and this was so. this was my introduction. Oh my god! <laughs> <sighs> They're showing this what. Hold it. Huh? And now let's compare that to what we see in PG move PG thirteen movies today. It's worse. This is PG thirteen. Let's let's things go now. Yeah, yeah. in violence at least. Yeah, and this is R because it, of violence and gore. Yeah. Yes. It's not. There's really nothing too this sexual would, yeah, about it. Nope. And I mean, you're, you're there are chests, but not many. Was any, there wasn't any nudity in this. Yeah, there was. There was. Yeah. I watched the rated uh, X version, which just shows a little bit more violence. There's like one shot. When they pan through the... Oh, uh, that's right. Yep. Okay, we, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, that's nothing. No, it's not, it, it is gr- nothing. Because it wasn't gratuitous. No, that's it why. wasn't. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and then the other scene, obviously, Murphy being tortured, killed. Yeah. Death, that that also stuck with me. of Because, as a kid, he's the yep. hero. My God. Yeah, and this and must line up with, up with yeah, the whole, the hero cannot get hurt. It, it does, it, in my kid brain of... <laughs> Heroes can't get hurt. Well, Superman, Superman can't get injured that badly. It's just, it's just a weird thing I had. Until Superman takes on RoboCop. And oh, jeez. <laughs> well, Superman now, like the modern uh, Henry Caviezel Superman, where he just murders everyone and has 9-11s all the time. <laughs> going to 9-11 you, RoboCop. Aren't you, Superman, a good guy? Doesn't matter. I'm going to break your neck. Anyway, I'm not a fan of Man of Steel or the So that's Jim Caviezel? That's Jim Caviezel. What did I say? I was going to say. I was like... Henry Cavill. Okay. I said Henry Caviezel. No. It's Henry Cavill. Yeah, I was going to say. I was like, that's he's, the wrong Jesus, guy. Jesus, Jesus is, isn't Superman. Yeah. Okay, we'll get into DC movies. <laughs> well, this is a DC product, basically, now. It is now? I thought it was like a Dark Horse product, so therefore was... Uh, no, that's just the comics. The comics, yeah. Yeah, they're not tied together. 
RoboCop doesn't hang out with Wonder Woman. That you know of. Which was a really good movie, by the way. Have you seen Wonder Woman? That's a great <laughs> Oh, movie. I thought you meant like RoboCop versus Wonder Woman was a really good movie. No, but I have not seen Wonder Woman You should Woman go watch yet. Wonder Woman. It's amazing. Okay. Okay. Good movie. Um, speaking of good movies, RoboCop. Yes. So, 1987 opens and we're in shitty, shitty Detroit. Which is actually which Dallas. Which is actually now. Which is actually Dallas. But... And that's the other thing about this movie, just the how much it was looking into the future of what actually happened about yeah. Detroit under siege, no funding, going bankrupt, yep. corporations coming in. It's all real. For the it's most part. <laughs> For the most part. And there's a RoboCop statue. There is, which th- is awesome. I th- or it's in the process. I thought that they kicked it. It got crowd-sourced. Yeah, even even yeah. P- Peter Weller wanted or gave it his endorsement to it. Yeah. So, if you're gonna have a hero, awesome. RoboCop starts off city shot, and uh, it's like you know helicopter shot over the city, and the big thick bold letters of RoboCop come up really fast, yeah, right away, and they're like steel letters and big block <laughs> embossed, and then they zoom past you, and as they do that, they turn to like static on the inside. But yeah, it gives a cue to other images that you're going to see. Yeah, and fake up. news starts right away. Then, with yeah, the, is that was that Mary Hart uh, I, from from Entertainment Tonight as one of the news? It could have been. I don't know. It was media break. Mm-hmm. What I loved about media break and still love is that actually um, I didn't pick up on it as a kid, but the satire seeped in these segments are so. So spot on. It's great because they move on. So I can't remember what the first one was. They're talk- oh, they're talking they're, about like a, someone has a neutron bomb. And they're using and it on their own town because they need to quell the violence. Let- something like that. There, there's civil or there's civil war in South America somewhere. Yeah. And America's invaded. And it's just this. But the way that they're reading it is, oh, this Da-da-da. happened. And now on to the next story. The peace platform and... It's uh, but they're working on the peace platform is the Star Wars project, but yes. like anime style, so like people go up to this platform and fire the giant laser and yep, all this stuff. But it's yeah. called the peace platform, which is hilarious. It, yeah, it, it, I think yeah, they, they call it the Star Wars project. So uh, if you don't know or remember, in the eighties, there was a whole plan from President Reagan to have this satellites with lasers on them called Star Wars, and if if Russia shot a ICMB. Uh, a, yeah, a nuclear missile at us. It would intercept it and blow it up in our atmosphere first, and then having radiation drizzle down upon yep. all of us. Disseminated. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It never happened because we couldn't figure out the lasers. You don't know. There could be tons of lasers up there right I now. I suppose. I suppose. So. <laughs> but. Uh, and then it goes into a commercial break for the Heart Center. Oh, yeah, getting a new heart and yeah, get a young, new, energetic, and awesome robot this heart. This screwed with my head as a kid because then he talks about getting a new heart and then holds up this machine that would mm-hmm. physically replace your heart. And me as kid goes, oh, so that's what a pacemaker is, basically. Oh, I associated that was. with like pacemakers. <laughs> and it took me a few good years until someone else made the same mistake. And then we're, like, laughed at and shot down and being told something else. I was like, well, thank God I didn't say anything. <laughs> well, you didn't know. Yeah. I was a kid. Those hearts look freaking awesome, though. 
and yeah, the idea that uh, cyborg stuff in yeah. this future was you can buy it if you have the money, if you are part yeah. of the elite. And uh, they treated healthcare like a used cars. It was lot. Mm-hmm. again. Come on great down. Great satire and commentary again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have an OCP commercial next with Dick Jones or something. Um, or no, it's a news segment. They oh, go back to segment, the, yeah. the media break and they talk about OCP, which is Omni Consumer Products. That's important. They do all the stuff. They yeah. Later, later on, uh, yeah, Dick Jones gives a little dumb speech. Yeah, and it's him doing a little talk back with the media break, talking about how uh, they're now running the police for old Detroit to... Uh, yeah, they've been hired, basically. Yeah, because yeah. uh, the regular police is is not being run right. or so, They don't really get into how I, they I got to where they are. Just lack of funding, I think. Yeah. And, and then they just step, they stepped in and said, we'll take care of the problem. Yeah, and it's supposed to be uh, clear out all the crime so that... These millions of workers that are going to come in and yes. build Delta City, Delta City will be safe. They're they're buying up old Detroit uh, blocks, or city blocks, and they're going to build a new utopian Delta City that is run by a corporation, OCP. Yeah. Yep. And um, Dick Jones is being played by Ronnie Cox. And have you ever seen this? This actor always plays scumbag <laughs> assholes in almost every movie he's in, except the only one I can think of is he's the chief. The chief of police in Beverly Hills Cop. That's the only time he plays a good guy. In hmm. TV shows, he's always an asshole. A senator becomes in like Stargate. He becomes a president of the United States. And he's just a complete, complete dickhole. Yeah. In in Total Recall, he's an asshole. Just he's he's yeah. great at being a smarmy piece Let's of stick shit. With what you know, and that's what he does in this movie: a yeah. suited asshole. Uh, and then after the OCP stuff, they talk about Clarence Boddicker. Which is Red from Red that Foreman, 70s show. My father. <laughs> and they talk about how uh, he's killing officers, but they're treating it like, you know, like, oh, so yeah. this guy is wanted for this, this, a few cops killed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But Frank is, good, is in the hospital and he's doing all right. Hang in there, Frank. Hang in there, Frankie. And yeah. again, it's kind of like one of those things where. This is Fort's foresight of how news is handling violence for mm. the American public right now. It's becoming that. It's not yep. there yet. It's getting there. It's getting there to where 30 officers were killed and there's yeah. one left alive. You got it, man. Stick with it. He's good. Yeah. He, he, we're, we're, we're all pulling for you, Frank. We actually don't give a shit. Yeah. Of course not. Oh, the, um, the, the lady reporter or uh, anchor, her name is Lisa Gibson. She was also she was on mm. Entertainment Tonight. That's when the name sounds familiar. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that I just wanted to clear my conscience on that, and I had to look that up. <laughs> I guess <laughs> it wasn't Mary Hart. Yeah, she has sexier legs. So I'm told you wouldn't be able to see them under the desk. That's right. This is before the Fox News figured out how to get those legs out there, front and center. But now they can wear pants again. Fox News anchorettes because they're not real people. They're just legs. Yeah. Sorry. They're allowed to wear pants again. Really? Yeah. Really? I just I read an article because one one lady decided to wear pants and was basically not treated very well for wearing pants. Well, of course pants not. That, the, the whole point of them is to all look exactly the same, agree with whatever thing you have to say, and then show your legs in a skirt. Yep. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> we go down to the police station, which to me is our introduction of some of the great sets we get to see in this movie. Run and down. they're 
they're great real. because they are real and there's nothing special about them. Not at all. It's, it's yeah, it's, the idea of the movie is a little bit futuristic, but this is just run down. Yeah, this shit. is the kind of future where everybody wants something but doesn't want to pay for it kind of future. Yes. Like we said before, if you have the money to get that heart, you can get it, but most people don't, so you're, you're, shit, you're shit out of luck. Yeah. Does it say that this is in the future? Not or, really. I think it's kind of implied that it's implied. I mean, looking at it now, back then, okay, 1987. It was futuristic feel to it. Yeah. But now it's a little bit, but not too much because it is a little bit dated with some of the things. But I think it does a pretty good job, though, with. I still, when I watch this, I consider it a future movie. I do too, I think. Yeah, you're right. Even though when you see things, you're like, obviously, this is hangovers from the 70s, what you're seeing. A little bit here and there, yeah. But, yeah. Especially uh, the TVs. The TVs. the TVs are still old. I mean, some of the designs of the stores and stuff. Yep, and the cars. But okay, well we'll get into that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I love the we'll get, car. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So we get uh, introduced to annoying lawyers being all sleazy with the sergeant, who is also uh, an awesome character who's very underrated in this movie. He I, plays it straight. Oh, perfect. Uh, he's. Not in a science fiction movie. He's, no, he's in, in a, a gritty cop movie. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. He he is in a gritty cop war, uh, like, yeah, precinct under siege type, uh, yeah, community. He's just trying to do his best with what he can, and he does. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He, he plays it straight, and that that help, and that's what the movie, why it's so freaking good is. Most of the people in this movie know what it's about, like know what tone, what their what the director was mm-hmm. trying to do. Yeah, no one is under any sort of play it big. Yeah, overacting or over you have you're balancing out these crazy robots with reality. <laughs> yeah. I think that they handled that very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get introduced to Murphy because he's just transferring in from like the suburbs place, to Detroit, yeah. and they they're like, "Really, you wanted to come here? Well, welcome to hell." Yeah. Okay. Well, suit up right away. Yeah. You don't have a choice. Get going. Yeah, and the whole the whole police station is in chaos. There's people, prostitutes, and yeah, yeah. going about. And then, uh, yeah, I think they go in the locker room, and that's where yeah. They, they are. walk basically one single shot yeah, across the yeah. station. So you go through all these like maze of hallways and rooms and fenced-in areas, yeah. and you end up in the locker room where they're going to go suit up right away. Mm-hmm. And and it's co-ed, and that's something I noticed. That, you know, well, at least it, this is a Paul Verhoeven movie, yep. and he did the same thing in uh, uh, Starship Troopers. Yes. In, well, whatever. Everybody's on the same team. You change and and, mm-hmm. and shower together, and, and it's not sexualized. Oh, it's just we're get, putting on my armor now, putting on my, yeah. putting on my uniform. Exactly. So... They kind of talk about uh, certain issues that are going on, and you hear a little bit of um, how someone kind of just off the cuff mentions that they should strike because yeah, they're not being like, funded. Yeah, and that's we're when, killed out there. We should go on strike. Yeah, so the sergeant comes back in yeah. from the opposite side of the room, so he ran all the way around the building, <laughs> uh, and he comes in with his little, you know, personal assistant holding the box. Yep. And they empty out um, a gentleman's locker because Fred or Frank's locker because yeah. he passed away. So he, he didn't, didn't make he it didn't out. pull through. He didn't pull through a little buddy. So it kind of introduces you to the fact that everyone sees it. They're like, yeah, 
it's mandatory anyone off duty shows up to his funeral anyone yeah. on duty doesn't have to worry about it but there's this is happening every day every day yeah. someone's locker Someone, is getting cleaned yep. out and you can kind of feel that vibe they feel the the rotation of yeah just cops getting killed and yep get get a new new body in mm-hmm. that's murphy so then the sergeant addresses the people talking about striking it was just that one guy with a pot. Was belly that one guy? Mustache. It was the one Italian guy with a mustache and pot belly. He was the one like, hey, "Strike!" He's like, "We don't strike. We're public servants. We're cops. We're cops. We're cops. Damn it. We're not plumbers. Yeah, yeah. Get out there and do your jobs." Mm-hmm. And the thing that kind of struck me listening to that speech this time and seeing the movie is they kind of have a maybe not a plumber look, but at least a cleaning crew kind of look. They have a jumpsuit and some, like, the body armor is whatever. But they kind of come across as custodians to me in this film, to which I don't know if they were trying to base off that, that. saying that their funding kind of puts them on the level of Hmm. plumbers being expected to do the job of a cop kind of a thing. That's where I kind of started reading into that this time around because their uniforms or, are not police uniforms. Or the idea that they're just blue collar. It could be, that, yeah. That I don't know. I guess I didn't look into it that deeply for that point, I guess. But I love you could. I love digging into things you and could. making stuff up. Yeah, maybe you are making so, it up. Maybe it I works. Could, but. Anything I say that's like deep meaning could be total BS. Deep meaning. Deep meanings. But uh, does... Um, <laughs> Does Murphy actually put his name in the no. that guy's locker? It is a different one. Okay, he has a different locker, okay. and I don't see him ever put his name on the locker. So yeah, Murphy's being played by uh, Peter Weller. Yes, uh, of Peter Weller. Fame. Peter Weller of RoboCop fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then they go out, and she's like, "All right, time to meet your new partner." And uh, where is she? And there she is. She's Kicking the crap kicking, out of people in the lobby. Kicking, yeah, just kicking it. Yeah, she gets punched a couple times and kicks the crap out of the, the guy who's trying to get run away or whatever that they had arrested. And mm-hmm. how you doing? All right, we meet up. And I've never seen uh, her, it's uh, Lewis is, is yes. her last name, but played by Nancy Allen. And I've never seen her in anything else besides Robocop either. No. And I really like her. Yeah, I thought she's great. And like, watching this again, it's man, I wish she would have done more stuff. She's great. Same with Peter Weller. Exactly. I wish. Your career would have been bigger than it. I mean, than just RoboCop. But. Yeah, the the best choice of the movie is having a female partner. But in the story, it doesn't change. They're always partners through the no, whole movie. Partners. There's 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 no love story, and I hate the fact that in the past ten to fifteen to twenty years, they always shoehorn love stories in in every movie, just about. And you're right. And they would usually say. There would be a dumb line of something like, "You're tough for a lady." There's none of that here. It's here's your partner. Okay, he didn't he didn't make yep. a smart. He didn't say, "Oh, a lady, can you handle yourself?" Yeah, he no. said something like, "Hey, you got some nice moves over there, kicking that crap out of that guy." We, yep. All right. And at no point when Nothing. he does try to like be all like cop awesome, he doesn't do it in a way of "I'm a man, oh, well, you're a lady." You mean when he when they go on to get in, in their in the uh, car in the car he he has to drive. Yeah. But that's just because he says something like, "I gotta break, I gotta break in my new partner." And, yeah, and uh, I like to drive. Yeah, that's just something that he likes to it's, do. It, as and you said, it has nothing to do with. Nope. He doesn't say some some line like, "Cause ladies don't know how to yeah. to do a proper U turn." 
And Starship Troopers doesn't do that either. Nope. Hmm. Maybe Paul Verhoeven has something to say. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, what I do like is we see the future car, <laughs> the future police car in matte black, a Ford Taurus LX. <laughs> Ford Taurus? <laughs> I mean, you see it now and you just think, what a shitty car. But back then in 1987, that was a brand new design mm-hmm. because it, we, we talk about design from the 70s cars were still looking from the 70s even yep. in even in the mid 80s mm-hmm. so when this design came out they snatched it up and said oh this will fit in our sci-fi future movie so all the police cars are for tauruses i don't even think about it that way because they're the police cars from robocop yep they are all it's they are distinct look and matte black <laughs> no shine to them whatsoever they Nothing. bottom out all the time <laughs> as soon as uh, murphy gets in the car he speeds out of the the ramp the parking ramp and bottom the, the the muffler hits the bottom yeah that's his signature though he only, he does that yep only him only murphy does from there we end up in uh ocp headquarters watching the OCP. young the the young guys go up the elevator going to their board, board meeting. meeting and they're all they're hungry to to climb up the corporate ladder yeah because with their ideas yeah yuppie culture yeah yeah and uh, they managed to squeak in some inf- information about the Ed 209 robot, about how it's not going so well. Yeah, the other other project manager, or the vice president, Dick, he's in charge of whatever. And yeah, the Ed 209 design that he has is just not working out at all. Yeah. yeah. They, they mentioned, the, I don't remember exactly what they said, but like at least two times uh, it failed in certain... Whatever tests they had. Tests, yeah. yeah. It's just, so it's yeah. not great. Yep. Uh, they go up... We, Gather at the board meeting. Uh, the the owner of the OCP company is there, and he the wants to. Man. The old man that's wants to talk name. about. That's his name. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. He wants to talk about Delta City. That could be. Here's great. the timetables. This is how it's going to be good. Yeah, like six months, right? Something. They want to have this all done. I thought that's when they wanted to start. Oh, okay. Because they have to clean out the. They got to clean out old first. Detroit. Yeah. So they're expecting to do that, and then he introduces Dick Jones. Dick Jones talks about all the wank, wank, we do all this stuff. Oh, yeah, we do. We help people. And he even says, um, oh, we do nonprofit things like prisons. Right. And that <laughs> yeah. line stuck with me. Is yep. Nonprofit prisons? Fuck you. That's a huge business in America. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. They're making hand or, m- millions, millions of dollars for Good. prisons. And Very forward thinking. And uh, on the TVs behind them, they list all the stuff that they do. Yes. And it's like everything that is huge money makers, military, medical. All, all of it. Prisons. OCP does. Yeah. Yes. You're so right. they're, they have their fingers in all these things that are maybe not in the forefront, but they're huge money makers. And uh, then he talks about how they're going to clear out old Detroit, and they With... bring in Ed 209, which... As a kid, is one of the probably scarier robots. It's scary because they ha- they use stop motion animation to mm-hmm. make it move because of I mean that was a technology at the time and just that jerky movement <laughs> is is intimidating and it, it's an intimidating looking robot too on its ostrich legs, arm cannons, and has no eyes. Just has that. I guess like cock- it's not a cockpit or something in the front, but it's head, yeah, or whatever it is, and yeah, when it, it yeah walks out, I want to know what they make their floors out of to support that. I thing. was thinking that too later on when it comes. Damn, around, it just how much does a uh, Ed weigh? In? Well, yeah. uh, I watched the uh, special feature about mm-hmm. making the uh, effects, mm-hmm. and 
they said basically if you push hard enough, you could knock the practical uh, standstill unit oh, sure. over because it's all wood and well, yeah, stuff so, like. That. And that's what's great is they yeah have an actual model or or, or actual Ed standing there, yep. full size, and then you stop motion, and when it cu- cuts back, then it's. And it was really good integration of stop motion. I mm-hmm. was waiting to judge how bad it looked. It, and in this boardroom shot, it looked it, good. When uh, the HD version, they cleaned it up. So, like, because you're looking at rear projection of what they shot of the, the of, boardroom. Of the boardroom, it's still a little fuzzy. And I watched this on my DVD copy. So okay. I didn't get to see the cleaned up version. The clean, yeah. It. I saw. I, I was actually that's when I stopped. I realized. Yeah. I. Uh, I realized I was watching the wrong version. I wasn't watching the HD cleaned up version. Oh, yeah, because he only, and what, it, shoots four times instead of 40? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, but I noticed it, it does not look, in my opinion, it doesn't look good here. That's why it sometimes when you, you have it these older really movies that depend on special effects, you need to keep the grit. You can't clean them up too sometimes, much. No, I mean, when, when it got cleaned up, it looked better. You I'm just saying, told me it didn't. No, no, I mean, when I watched the, the, the wrong version, which wasn't HD... It was. It didn't look good. It looked really okay. blurry. And then the cleaner version, I thought they did a pretty good job of, of fixing it as best as they possibly could with it. And I, I don't think and we've then, stated that. Yeah, you said you sorry. watched the X-rated version, which and then, is the. And then that's what I realized because well, yeah. what happens next? Yeah, um, I was watching my 20th anniversary DVD collection. Sure. So it's I don't know how old now. Probably <laughs> 10 years now. Maybe no. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. RoboCop is 30 years old. My God. So, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine it can look a little bit better. Um, oh. Okay. So, uh, yeah, they're going to do a demonstration about how ED-209 can work as a police unit before they ship it out yes. across the world to be a military unit across yep. the world, and, which, yep. Dick- pick up on that. And that's it's going to exactly- be a police force here in our own country, mm-hmm. in one of our own cities, yeah. to test yeah. And then be shipped out as, as a, a military, military yeah. tool. It's the almost exact reverse of what's happening, where the military is has. Getting, I got extra stuff. You want it? Hell yeah! We want to use we, it yeah. on our civilians. Yeah, we have a bloated, bloated military budget. We have all these extra things here. Give it to the police, so then they can be a pl- military force on in our own cities. Wait a minute. But yeah, and that's Dick's intention right away. Yeah. Is oh no, yeah. We're just going to clean up, clean up those ghettos with these robots, and then we're going to make a huge profit in the military, and we'll murder everybody with these things. It's yep. going to be awesome. Let's do a demonstration. <laughs> let's let's test these murder bots out let's in tur- front of test everybody. Test this murder bot out, which it is a murder bot. And yeah, <laughs> he goes over, and opens up this awesome uh, little gun, box. Little box that has a a huge. Well, it's it's a desert eagle. It's a desert eagle, but it's like plat. Platinum, not platinum, but it's just it's, shiny it's, silver. It's chrome plated. It's chrome plated. It looks cool, but I. Yep. And they who say, that? "Hey, hey, Executive Kenny, who was you? you. He's a young guy. He's one of these. Uh, he, was this, in, he was in the elevator. Yeah, it ties into these young guys coming up. You oh, know, yeah, I'll, I'm being press eager, the boss. Yeah. yeah, sure, I'll stand there. Here, give the gun. Now, uh, he, uh, make 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 a threatening motion with the gun. He points it at Dick. No, no, at Ed two o nine. Points at him, and then the voice of this machine—it it stands up a little bit. Goes, "You have thirty seconds to lay down the weapon." He, everyone kind of laughs nervously in the boardroom. And they or, chuckle. Throws the gun on the ground. And they're like, "See, I did it. Huh? That's cool." 
it takes a step forward. I think it growls like a, like yep. a lion roar. Roar, you have 20 seconds to comply. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and now it's a countdown to death. Panic everywhere. Yeah. Pull, pull the switches. Pull the board. It, because you have other scientist people mm-hmm. there that don't know how to. They're trying to pull the cord on the power source or whatever and the memory of this thing. And it's counting down. It's It's tracking him with his huge arm guns. They push and they push him, push Kenny away from everyone because he's trying to get help from someone. They push him and he goes right in front of the little model of of Delta City and gets mm-hmm. blown away a lot in in the in the best version in the in the version. like the director's cut. The director's cut, we'll call um, it. It was X-rated back in the eighties. Yeah, this it would be average. It, it, now. And it is. Oh, I was watching a, a review of someone else and they showed that clip and it's in the. Director's cut entirety mm-hmm. on YouTube, so yeah, it, things have changed nowadays. Yeah, with violence. So the Ed Two Hundred Nine just unloads, like I said, about who knows forty <laughs> shots into this guy. He f- gets lifted up, thrown backwards on top of the model of Delta City, and Delta City was pure white uh, buildings. And yeah, everything. and just now dead body, blood everywhere, all Keep over shooting. it. <laughs> yep. And it, until it basically powers off because they, they managed to pull. They, yeah, they pulled the, the plug on it or something. Whatever they did. And to me, it's just like, you know, once again, this movie pulls off great imagery that has deep meaning to it. Yeah. And, yeah, it's great. Yeah, he's he and the, the blood packets on this guy just flying everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. People are screaming. And then the best line afterwards is, somebody call a goddamn paramedic. <laughs> Yeah, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> My God, he's dead. Yeah, there's smoke coming out of uh, Ed 209's guns. Just sh- and uh, the owner is, of the old OCP man is, is off. so angry about this. Yeah. And Dick Jones replies with, it's just a minor malfunction. Don't we'll worry work about it. it. We'll, we'll work it out. We, we got this. I mean, yeah, it killed it. It didn't listen to our instructions whatsoever, but we'll fix it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and that ties into the oval overarching uh, message of nobody cares about human life in this movie, for the well, most part. Not at all. Yeah, because then the um, another department head swoops on in. Um, I think just name is Bob. I, I really never got his name. but Because it, it's not necessary. He's yeah. just the young upcomer. He's the up, yeah, up, up and comer guy. And he says, oh, old man, hey, a uh, president. He, the Ed 209 obviously doesn't work, but I have my own project, the RoboCop project. And it's almost ready. We just need a candidate. If you would, he gets the gets the boss's ear right away. Like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Tell tell me tell me more about this. Awesome. Yeah, there are your people. Meet meet we'll, me here in twenty minutes. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about your Robocop pro, uh, uh, pr- project. And, and then they go into the elevator, and he talks to one of another guys and says, "Oh, too bad about Kenny." Yep. And they, another, but then he rants about how that's how you do it. That's how it's yeah, done. Yeah, you got you got to get in there. And I, I what was this? I, you see your opportunity. He, and you oh, move. Uh, yeah, Dick, Dick fumbled the football, and I picked it up and ran it in for a touchdown. Yeah, corporate America. Yeah, and the the thing is too is uh, what's his name? Cox, Richard Cox, huh? Dick uh, Jones. Dick Jones. Yeah, Ronnie Cox. Is uh, the Ronnie Cox. Um, but Dick Jones. Wh- you don't often see someone who's not the main person on camera emoting as much as he does. That man knows how to seethe with anger he when fuming. he's not talking. He is fuming. Yeah, that's why he's, that's why he's great at playing these those type of characters. Just <laughs> and even the younger guy when he's not talking either, he just 
gives off that oozy, like, I'm going to climb up to the top, I'm going to boot you off the top of the mountain, and I'm going to take over type of vibe in yep. everything he does. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and I've seen the actor in a bunch of other stuff, too. Just, yeah. 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 But that's <laughs> such a such an intense scene, and that that's this movie. This is going to be a little bit longer rewinder episode for us because we've got a. I mean, there's so many scenes that just ba- there's so much going on in just a single scene yes. of besides the action, what it's talking about, what it's saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just this movie is chucked packed tight of awesome stuff, <laughs> and sometimes not so awesome stuff. But yeah. So from the boardroom, we go back out to Murphy and Lewis, where they're taking a little break. Coffee break, you know, and outside of the car. Murphy's spinning his pistol, holstering it, spinning it. And uh, Lewis calls it out saying, hey, that's some fancy pistol work there. Yeah. And he talks about how he's got to impress his, his boy, because his boy likes this TV show. TJ Laser. DJ Laser. It was TJ. Was it TJ? Yeah, because later later on in his memories, he, they see the kid watching it. It says TJ Laser. Oh uh, yeah, I guess I just imposed a D over the T. Doesn't matter. Uh, either way, yeah, it's a cheesy seventies kind of space yeah. cop show type thing. But that's what but his son loves it, and, and, and he so learns he's how trying... to spin the gun, yeah. just like TJ Laser for his son, and holsters it like a like, yeah. The idea of spinning it like a cowboy, yeah. Even though spinning that that. That some uh, that semi automatic pistol has got to be really hard to do because I mean cowboys had revolvers that's a little bit yeah it's got a longer barrel more weight to spin oh sorry eh, you know if they <laughs> put extra weight he figured it out <laughs> impress his son uh, and then they get a message that there's some uh, activity going on and then they're like yeah, all right, right let's go I, yeah I don't think they know it's Red Foreman no as, is Causing havoc. No, they just know that there's a call and let's go do it because Murphy's eager. Well, yeah, they have to. And yeah. I think they they call and say, oh, uh, backup not available. Uh, over and over it's, again. It's, it's constant of, we need backup. Where's that backup? And then the other person on the line, not available, sorry. And it's almost like a recording on the mm-hmm. other end. Yes. Like, I know it's not, but today it, it, it would be. In a movie like this, it would be just a, listen, I understand what you are saying. We do not have that available. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just that whole, like, cold, we don't care. Yep, exactly. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing. They don't care. So they speed after this van full of bank robbers, which uh, is Clarence Bodiger and his uh, uh, gang. Crony. Yeah, gang. They all, yeah, a bunch of, of, of people in there. And, and this is probably... One of the better gangs because everyone for is, character purposes has, has a type of character. Yeah, there's a giggly guy who's got a laugh. Yeah, uh, you got guy with red hair that's kind of balding, has yeah. got a weird weird beard cut and leather mm-hmm. jacket. You got the devil, I mean Ray Wise. He played a devil on a TV show, and he's amazing. He's also in Twin Peaks as uh, as Ray Wise. I, I, which one is he? He's, is he the, 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 like the average looking guy? Oh, he's handsome. He's he, at the party. He was tries he at, taking Robocop with the nuts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he guy. was at the dance club. He's not average. How dare you, sir? <laughs> I don't know. Compared to the other guys. And the, because there's a couple other ran, randos in there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I really like their crew because of how distinguishable from yep. each other they are, except mm-hmm. for Bobby. Poor Bobby. Well, there's, yeah. Can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> 
But uh, Murphy and Lewis are coming up on this, and they... They know that it's going to be a, a fight. Yeah, a gun and fight. it's going to be a big one. Yeah, and that's what I like. They don't even bother. We're going to try just to pull them over, and then they'll pull over. It's no, they're, it's a bank robbery. Uh, Load up. Let's get ready. And, and I, what I like, I didn't notice the first time, but or whatever, I noticed this time is uh, Murphy, uh, Lewis hands Murphy her gun. Yeah. So he's got no pistols. Yep. She's driving. He's going to stick out of the window <laughs> and just start unloading. Which... You have to know, going into that situation, you are under arm. Oh, they have our pistols. Holy shit. And then you show, yeah, Clarence Bodiger's gang, they got shotguns and, and rifles and Those are, guns. you know, yeah, stuff that you're not going to want to just mm-hmm. roll into and be like, hey, guys, yeah. stop. But it's a pretty good uh, chase fight scene. It's, yeah. And it's, they're not driving that fast. But no. that's but you don't notice it that much because of the action. It's not about the speed. No. It's about the gunfire. Yep, definitely. And uh Yeah, going around the van and yeah, they all they, they kick the back door open of this giant van and where do they go? They're off to the side and then just shooting at each other. Yep, hits Bobby in the legs. And then uh one of the bad guys. So instead of oh, oh give get him help, it's like nope. Nope, we're gonna use you. Chucks him at the police car. And that's when too. Clarence says, "Can you fly, Bobby?" And throws him on top of the windshield, and that slows that yeah. ends the ends the chase scene, and uh, introduces us to the next set piece, which is one of the most awesome set pieces of the movie. Oh, the abandoned the abandoned uh, steel steel mill thing mill place. Like, yeah, they're on location at holy a crap. actual place that abandoned wherever whatever it's, uh, it is. the Pittsburgh steel okay. thing. I, I looked at you the end of the movie. That's no, fine. at the end of the movie to oh. see where it was because I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. And I assume that's what it what it was. It was a, an old Pittsburgh steel. And mill. yeah, and in the movie they show actual buildings, but then they'll use like a matte painting. So like the OCP headquarters, the bottom part is an actual building, but then mm-hmm. to make it bigger, they they use a matte painting, but. If you're not looking for it, oh no, it you, looks like an actual building. All and the like matte paintings in this are great. When they're going up the elevator, on the outside elevator, going up to the boardroom meeting, mm-hmm. that's most of that's matte painting, but it looks look great. Those are the ones that look the the most like the a elevator painting. Looks a little bit wonky, but are the elevator shots. The but elevator. All, outside of that, all there's yeah. plenty more matte paintings in this movie that you, you can't see it, it at no. all. But yeah, the set. Or I guess the yeah the the scene that's coming up next in that steel mill is amazing because they're it's on location yeah no matte painting no matte paintings on this. anywhere no green screens uh, they're actually there yeah and uh, so they pull up there and they all run inside the steel mill the gang does yeah so the uh, Murphy and Lewis pull up they're still asking for backup you still get nope. that robotic sorry so, nope backup's so- not available and. Uh, Murphy asks, should we go in? Yeah, we and have to. Like, yeah. Yeah. They, yep. And they both split up to find out where they are in this huge place. Which? Stay in contact, uh, they say, but it's a terrible yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. So Lewis runs into Giggly Guy. Yep. Taking a piss. Taking a piss. He asks if he can zip up before she arrests him. She looks at his She dick. looks, and he gets the jump on her. Yep, punches her a couple times. She falls in, onto something hard, and it, he thinks she, he killed her. Yeah. Or something. He, but she's just got the wind knocked out. She's knocked out for a little bit. Yep. yep. But then Murphy thinks he gets the jump on two other jackasses. Yeah, and he ends up... Uh, 
I think shooting one of yeah, them. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he gets a jump on them, and one of them, yeah, they had the back, put your hands on your head type of thing. Guy reaches for a gun, shoots mm-hmm. that guy, and then the guy with the bad beard, uh, like, bald, I'll just call him. Uh, the, like, he's kind of like a biker guy. A bike, yeah, I'll say biker guy. Balding redhead. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he isn't too worried because he knows he knows that the rest of his gang is around. They all get the drop on Murphy. Yeah. They all shotguns. They cock their shotguns, and Murphy is fucking surrounded. And, and, and it's, oh, no, Pitt, your stomach starts to turn because you know he is fucked. Murphy, yeah. Because he's got bad, bad people. And, and that's where it turns into where he's he's basically surrendered because there's nothing he can oh, do. Oh, no, he's screwed. He knows it. His best bet is to just Mur- draw out time. Draw out time, see if Lewis can come in. and yeah. Or if that backup, which isn't going to come, yeah. come and help him. And that's when uh, Clarence Bodiger starts showing up. Red and- Foreman b- being son of a bitch. <laughs> now... I mean, okay. Hold on, and I, from... I jumped over one oh. one major portion. Oh, when he TV walked show? in on the two guys, they're watching the "I'll buy that for a dollar" guy, which I still haven't quite figured out the meaning behind that show. Other it's, than it's Benny Hill. If yeah, you know who, yeah, yeah. It's the... Benny Hill, but I also took it to I. I was stretching to try and find the purpose of where they put this. And oh, oh you're looking for deeper meaning. Deeper oh. meaning and how they used it. And I still haven't quite figured it. My BS abilities aren't quite okay, there. Okay, all right. But it, when I when you I come there. up with something, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, uh, I, I think it's just to show that people in this stupid, terrible future have really bad taste in comedy. That's where I was kind of going with it. Was that that. that n- it's just I, I guess to say because the their real life is so shitty and terrible that even this really bad sitcom that the jokes why would the jokes land at all all it is is this funny looking guy with glasses and a mustache hanging around big breasted babes yeah and just then looks at the camera well I'd buy that boob for a dollar basically or whatever yeah. whatever it is I'd buy that for a dollar is his catchphrase and it's so simple that everyone will laugh at it because it's just it's and they, everyone all, does. For and the everyone most part. does because it takes them. I, I'd say this is my bullshit uh, thing going. It takes them out of their shitty life. Like, oh, it's just so simple. They don't have to worry about the complicated life of. Yeah. Do I, do I do? Am I going to get murdered by this gang? Do I have to become get in the gang to feed my family? Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. So there, there. I, I was just, I bullshitted out of my mouth awesome. live. All over my microphone. I'm so, I'm, I'm so good. So I'm going to cut. Like clean, yes, you, you take over. I'm going to clean my microphone. <laughs> and it's followed up with uh, the statement to biker guy. The yeah. after he shoots the first one who tries to uh, fight back, he tells the the biker guy, "Dead or alive, you're coming with me." Oh yeah, great line. But then yeah, you, I forgot that line. Yep, yep, that's important. It's very important. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Okay, so then we fast forward to when Clarence Bodiger shows up, and he's gonna toy with Murphy for a bit. Yeah, you see that grin on his shit-eating grin on his face, and you know that he's gonna fuck around. And yeah, I wanted to say before is we call him Red Foreman because that Kurtwood Smith played Red Foreman in that '70s show, and in that '70s show, he dresses like my father because my father still dresses like that in plaid. Uh, short sleeve shirts tucked into his jeans and a belt. So, and my dad is balding and wears glasses. And so now I see this a little bit like my father. As a kid, I didn't, mm-hmm. but now I see like 
I don't know if I could see my dad completely going this crazy. <laughs> I wouldn't, but anyway. Never know. There. Sorry. So, and then he gets the line of, cops don't like me, so I don't like cops. Yeah, we had, we had established that he's a well-known cop killer. Cop killer, yeah. And that's when he steps down on Murphy's arm and starts doing the... no, 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 no. Well, what I like is no, 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 before no, no. that, he walks up to Murphy face-to-face, and, mm-hmm. they, and they have these uh, helmets on, like yeah. little shields, and he takes it off and he puts it on Biker Guy's head, mm-hmm. who just stands there. And he just he's just walking around him, just checking out, like, oh, you're some sort of tough cop all here by yourself. Where Where's your backup tough cop? And then that's when Giggle says, oh, I took care of her. She's she was, dead. She was sweet. She was sweet. <laughs> giggle, giggle. And, yep. So that way Murphy yeah. knows, oh, yeah, you, she, she's, not coming. she's not coming to save me. And then, yeah, he hits, a, hits his, Murphy's knees so he goes down. Mm-hmm. And then that's when he, yeah, they kick him down to the ground. And then. Steps on his hand. Starts yikes. doing the. No, 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 no. And shoots his hand off. Yeah. He, oh, he's just the way he's holding that shotgun at him. He's aiming like, oh, where am I going to shoot you? Is it mm-hmm. going to be your chest? Your head? Oh, let's just torture you and shoot your hand off. Which in the wow. director's cut version. Because they're extending the violence of him. Shows more of the stump gore. Yep. Which I'm kind of glad as a kid. They didn't include stump gore in the theatrical cut because I don't know how I would have felt about that. But for me, my kid brain made it way worse seeing seeing the original version, not this version, the, yeah. the extended. Because you gore. still see the hand blow you up. You see the in hand the blow up, theatrical... and he looks at it, and it's now yeah. On the director's cut, you see stumpy gore as he's looking at it, and just he's in shock. Yeah. His hand is gone and pain. And then he releases Murphy to the other guys well, who, take care of him. who joke him a little bit and then just unload on him. Yeah, Murphy tries to stand up and to look around as he's in shock and then just, yeah, they're just unloading on him. This, this roll, roll of them like a like a, uh, execute, like a shooting gallery yeah. or whatever you know, what I'm trying to say. In my original uh, time when I watched this version, I thought that they just went on and on and on. It seems that way, it's, though. If you're not prepared for it, it feels like it, it feels goes like on it does. for a way They're long time. They're just shooting time. him, shooting and shooting him. And at this time, Lewis has gotten up. She hears them talking. She gets there too late. But she's able to see, like, from behind, like, a chain link fence or something yeah. like that, that she sees Murphy and it's his, hand, his hands in the air, or at least just one hand in the air. And he's just going, ah! He's just screaming, getting shot. Well, But he's not dead. No, he even gets an arm blown off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, shoot. Yeah, that, that the arm with the hand already is gone now. So he only has one arm left. Mm-hmm. He's still alive because he has a bulletproof vest on. And they're shooting him with shotgun shells. They're yeah. shooting with with buck shot, buckshot. So it's not penetrating the. But it's just pounding. But the it's, hell it's out pounding of him. the hell out of him. Yeah, his, so that's why he's just not dead yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking a. And it it's yeah they have uh, the type of shotguns that hold. At least, well, it's movie, eight to twelve it's, rounds it's per shotgun. Normally, they're on five to six. Yeah, and it, they have a lot, so they unload for quite some time with shotguns. And like, yeah, yeah. he's still alive. So Clarence is like, "All right, playtime's over," and pistol, just pistol, pistol to the head, shoot him. But it's off to the side. Yep, it's it's not direct shot. It's yep up upright, and then but it yeah. falls down, and yeah, I see blood shoot out the side and you see part of his brain 
they all leave. Like, all right, let's leave. That was fun. Yeah. Then, yeah, Lewis comes on in. Oh. And somehow they get medevaced pretty easily, but couldn't get back up, but you can get medevaced oh, on yeah. the spot. Well, they're being run by a different corporation, <laughs> not the police, yeah. So but so it's a, it's a collection of shots showing him. And this is really good uh, cinematography, in my opinion. The whole concept of this montage shot process is really good. Going from him reliving moments, key moments in his life, the medical staff... Which came across as very real to me. Very real, except some of them weren't wearing gloves, which I started noticing. Like, because, yeah, he gets medevaced, and now we're the, the camera is just right on his face. You just see his eye, his his blue eyes staring, and there's nothing there. He's not blinking. He's just uh, he's basically dead. But then you go into a, a POV shot through Murphy's eyes as he's seeing that he's being brought into mm-hmm. uh, the emergency room. He can he's he's you're watching through him that. He's seeing the doctors working on him. And that's what I really like. It was – you're right that there are, it would probably maybe real uh, medical people there or – but know. because they said is, OK, let's do this. All right. Mm-hmm. This, it was very uh, not panicking and just, OK, now let's try this. All right. That's not working. OK, let's try try this now. Yeah, which shows that they're practiced at trying and, to rehab people in this state. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Then at the same POV that it, it – goes to he's reliving his life because he's dying and they don't show everything nope. they they his go through family. last moment you know the his family getting important, shot getting shot <laughs> and when he gets that last bullet to the head that's yeah he sees clarence yeah, pointing the pistol at him and hit and then he's he flat falls line, down yeah. to the ground flatlining falls on the ground yep. they shock him a few times yeah, his vision is out and gone and all you can do is you can hear things at the end and call it tweak yeah there's nothing else you can do then it's gone yep and then awesome restart because yeah. there's still pov and it, zzz, then the camera is being turned on mm-hmm. and he's now and now it's Worst vision is there's lines are real because you're look, basically looking at a older TV. You see mm-hmm. the lines going across, and well, he's still laying down, but he's somewhere else now. Yep. All right, he's waking up, and we have an idea that he's probably Robocop. We haven't seen it yet. We're we're not all the way through with this movie yet, so we're going to actually make this a two-parter because this movie is big. It means a lot to us, so we're going to go ahead and make this a two-parter, if you're okay with that. Are, are you okay with that? I'm definitely okay, because got we have so much more to talk about, yeah. Robocop. We might make this a three-parter. Who knows? Who knows? I'm surprised how much I mean, we just got him kind of waking up, being reborn in a way. But, so stay tuned for part two. If you could rate and review us on iTunes uh, or wherever you get us, that would be greatly appreciated. Appreciate you could like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at, at RewindersPod. Or you can email us at TheRewindersPodcast at gmail.com. Dot com. So we'll come back next week with part two of RoboCop. Hot. Dinner Live is coming with me.